see me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, we see you. All right, yeah. that's good. You know, <laughs> so like I said, let's toast it up. Okay, ladies. All right. Where we at? Where we at? Virginia. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> huh? I got to toast it up to my entourage. Toast it up to my entourage. I love you forever, you know, and as we, as we are coming to the stage, I'm so happy, Sunday brunch, we're on the 12th edition, ladies, we rocking over here, hey. uh, brunch, Tara Lynn, episode 12, <laughs> 501c3, child behavioral specialist from Bayonne, Tamika Dixon, you already know, she a WNBA great. You know what I'm saying? Current business owner, future Hall of Famer. You know what? We all Hall of Famers on here. You know? That's it. I'm talking about sitting over there in Linden as we burn up in New Jersey from this 100. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the godmother sitting over there all cool. Got her hair all boofed up. You know? <laughs> WNBA great. Got it there before they went closed in Cali. <laughs> <laughs> DM in the present tense, okay? Future Hall of Famer out of DC, but sitting out there in Cali. How is it out there in Cali, Gama? Oh, it's so hot today. It is really, really hot out here. It's hot everywhere, it seems like. It's hot. Today, it is really, really hot. You know, I was thinking about broadcasting from the backyard. I sat back there and said, hell to the now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it moving anyway. What's up, little right. sis? Meek over there, the baby of the bunch. How's it going <laughs> on? It's hot. <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Here in the heat. Here in the heat. That's you know what right. I'm Got Tara out there in South Dakota. Not hot though. It's not hot. It's raining. <laughs> I'll send y'all some of my cool weather and y'all send me. Is it raining men over there? <laughs> it's not doing that either. You see, I'm really messed up. <laughs> yeah, nobody, no man, what? <laughs> that is too funny. I tell you what. You know, I had a hot topic this week, and I just put it out there. And it was, I woke up one morning, you know, and Google is just so friendly. They always want to feed you all the information early, you know, before you even <laughs> open up the app, you got a notification with something. So this one day in particular, it was like, you know, uh, in Missouri, you know, you sign a, a death waiver, you sign you sign a COVID waiver in order to send your kid back to school. You guys, are we okay right now? Like, what is going on with that? That scared me. So I put a post up. Are you going to sign the death waiver to send your child back to school in September? And I tell you, there's definitely a difference in the cultures. Um, you know, most of us was like, hell nah, hell to the nah, uh-uh, <laughs> you know, for lack of better work, okay? But then there were some people who said, yes, I'm going to send my kid back to school. 
Very few. All right. But interesting fact, one of them I went to school with, she is now a nurse. And she said, yes, I'm in the thick of COVID. I'm a nurse and I'm sending my kid back. But not everybody has the luxury of being a nurse and knowing what to look for, the signs and symptoms. And you can take your kid's temperature every single day. Not everybody knows the protocol. So with that being said, you know, Tara, you're like the queen of stats and, you know, <laughs> you deal with, deal with children. So you're always looking up different statistics in regards to kids. And right now that's the hot topic. So, you know, when we talked, we talked uh, earlier in the week, you know, you were like, we got to talk about this hot topic. Blah, blah. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you're absolutely right. We do, yeah. you know? And so then there went the, there went the blast on Facebook and then I'll go down some of the comments, but talk about why we should or shouldn't go back to school. No, don't go back to school yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> please. Okay. I, I just think it's not, we, we're not there yet and we're not there yet for adults. So how can we be there yet for children? Right? So we opened up early for us and look at look at what's going on it's just skyrocketing the death total is now tripled in, in some states the daily death total is tripling in states um if we as the adults i'm mean, because this is just logic right if we're still getting well not us thank you jesus but i'm just saying people who are still getting sick the numbers are climbing the businesses are now you know headed for another closure and maybe even another shutdown, why would we even consider a child? So I wanna, I wanna get into why we're considering that because we're misinformed. So we're told that, oh, don't worry, two, two and under, they, they don't have anything, you know, under 65, you know, okay. Now the numbers statistically are 18 to 35, okay? And I just read an article about 85, Eight, five, 85 children, two and under in Texas, in one county, not the state, have COVID right now. We're not being told if they're in ICU. We're not being told if they're alive, if, if we have fatalities yet, but there's 85 new infected children under the age of two. So I want to say to everyone out there who says, and I see it in the supermarkets, I see pregnant people, I see newborns not being protected, I see children running around with no mask in like Walmart and places where there's tons of people. I say this, you believe what obviously the media, CDC government is telling us, right? They're telling us that it doesn't really affect children, but the numbers, like less than 1%, okay? Where do these numbers come from? They come from the amount of children that were outside and exposed. If you really look back, where have the kids been? They've been in the house. The schools were closed. So how can you say that only 1.7% have gotten you know, COVID when you didn't test the mass amount of children? Do you know that there's 52 million children that go to a public school in the United States? Did you test all 52 million children? 
and then you came up with that number that only 1%, you didn't get a chance to test all of those 52 million children. And that's just public schools. There's private schools and preschools. There's not enough information at all about the numbers regarding kids. And another thing too is there was a five-year-old for all of the believers, because I'm just getting back what I get from people. No kids have died from it. Not true. Five-year-old, her name is Skylar. She's from Detroit, Michigan. And guess what? No underlying condition. Five years old, got COVID. Two weeks later, formed a rare form of meningitis, and she's not alive anymore. And her parents are pleading with other parents to not believe that 65 and 65 and older and under if I hear the word underlying condition one more time, no with COVID. I'm not even playing. The underlying condition is the lies that we're being told, you know, by media. And the CDC is reporting the best it can, but now we have the president who's taking over that job. So what are these numbers gonna say, right? They're gonna say his his delusion that it's getting better when it's really not. And we're really not even gonna know who has it, what age group. So how can we seriously, statistically, what numbers do we have to go on? So with that being said, when we make a decision, we need our backdrop. We need our background information what information do we seriously clearly have to go on to be confident enough to send children back into school? Not only that, we have the medical versus, you know, just the parent, okay? We have my brothers in the medical field. Medical people look at things as symptoms, the illness, the symptom treated, okay? They don't think about the in-between as much as we do as people because they know, oh, boom, you got this, you could take this. You got this, you could, oh, I can, you know, bring you back doing CPR or what have you. However, for the nurse, once again, we are not taking shots on here, just being real. For the nurse who feels confident, that's great. That's your medical background giving you that confidence. But there was a nurse who lost her 16-year-old son who had no underlying condition, okay? She was a nurse, she followed protocol, she got dressed in the garage, she took off her stuff, she came in, she washed it. He's a twin, she adopted them from birth. This Now his sister has to be here without her twin. Why? Because 16-year-olds don't get this, right? This is, what the, this is what all the media says. Children, oh, they're fine. Really? Skylar was five, she's gone now. He was 16, he's gone now. So I think, you know, I know people have to get back to work and we could get into this because it can go all day long with how many dynamics. You got parents who are just really scared because they have to go back to work. That stimulus was once supposed to come back again. It's not back yet. The dates get pushed back. I mean, you got to know by now that we're not being, the information we're getting is not true. You, you, anyone with any sense would know that, right? So would you, I want to, pose this question to a parent. Would you, if you needed to go to work one day and you felt that you were gonna lose your job, would you leave your child with a sex offender? Would you? Would you leave a little girl with a sex offender that couldn't talk, maybe two, two, three years old, because you had to go to work so bad and you had to make money for the house? Would you do that? No, you know you wouldn't do it. So you know what, COVID is, 
the mass murderer, the sex offender, the abuser. It's everything negative right now in this moment in time until we have more information. Vaccination, we don't even have that. We're not even close to that yet, at least for us, we're not, right? Because we don't know what they have for them, but we're not. So I say, I just challenge people to think and stretch their thought process to the word death. I'm, I'm not even being funny. Sometimes you gotta be edgy and raw to, to get you to really think about something. Like that can really happen to your child. That can happen to anyone with this. I mean, there's been animals that have this. There's been a cat and a lion. I mean, like, come on. It's, we're not ready to return children into school. We're not. And I just feel that people should trust the process because the government knows that people are losing jobs. They're just gonna have to come off some more money. Like they will make a resolution. Believe me, they have to. They're not gonna let the country totally go under, you know, from the president's messy decision-making process, you know, to, to bring us to where we are and a lot of other things. But, you know, there are children out there that have this. There's 85 now in Texas. Do you know what I'm saying? In one county, you guys. So I just say as a parent, Medical people, that's great that you guys have that confidence in medicine. But until they give me the name of a cure and exactly the protocol to take this away or make people live, there is no medical, you know, basis for it. I'm looking up studies that are being done. They're not long enough. Like studies that are done seven to ten to twenty. Those are studies that you could say, okay, but a study that's been done for two months, that's not enough time to view something. We're not prepared. So I just say, parents, please, please, please have faith in the process that it will work out, pull together. You know what I'm saying? If you know other families who are COVID free, you take two kids, they take two. It's time to pull together because we're not being protected with our leadership in society. We're not being protected by our president or anything else like that. So we have to take matters into our own hands in this in this place and for the schools that are afraid to lose their funding would you sell your child would you sell your child's life for a bigger paycheck no so think about the other families that you're putting at risk when you want to open up a school because you are afraid of the threat from the president that you might lose your funding there's no price tag on kids there's no price tag on anyone but they're helpless and vulnerable so that's my beginning thoughts on this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And Tamika, you, you know, got a teenager over there. I mean, what's up? I, it, he, going, he going back to school? He's not going back. <laughs> he's okay. definitely not. He's not going back until they figure out uh, a way that they we can for sure know that he's safe. Um, you know, I, I think our school, our um, our district is doing a pretty good job in communicating with the parents about you know what they think um, is going to be the process moving forward. Um, for us, I think it's going to be more vo virtual learning um, as they finished up with, um, and I think that's going to continue. But just think about you know we've we've been covering um, the COVID situation with the sports um, in the sports world the last couple of weeks, and just think about all the protocols and all the everything that they have to uh, put into place uh, for sports to come back. You know, these kids that can't live in a bubble, you know, they're, you can't put them in a bubble to go back to school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, until you can figure out a safe way for them to, to, to return back to school, 
I think you got to continue um, with with schooling them online, and you know, parents just got to kind of be creative as to you know, it's a lot of parents too that are still working from home and things like that. I mean, thank God I got a, a teenage stepson, but you think about the younger kids, um, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, it's 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 difficult. Be out. It's like yeah, we got to get creative all the way to daycare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, Tara had a fantastic uh, idea. I think um, you were talking about um, like a mom, designate a mom, you mm-hmm. know, to watch the kids, you know, and then you keep that environment safe, you know, and pay her so that she right. can take care of her household. And instead of trying to go and take the baby out to a daycare center, you know, right. in the community, there's a community mom or right. a community a mom that them. established yeah. a daycare center. You know, that's trustworthy. Yes, let's do the background check. Let's make sure that these people are vile. You understand? We go, we're going to go through the same protocol that we're going to go through when we're going to put our kid in a daycare center, you know, and then let's get creative. I mean, the, 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 you know, we used to, the, you know, the community used to raise us. The community raised us, y'all. What you think, yeah. Donna? You sitting there too quiet. <laughs> no, I'm just listening because all this valuable information given out. You know, yeah. I don't have any kids, but at the same time, I have a whole bunch of nieces and nephews. Like, I'm a great aunt. I agree with um, Tara and me about the thing that's, that's baffling to me is the numbers were low before and we took our kids out of school, and now I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And anybody that's been following us all this time, I wouldn't even go on the bubble. And if I had kids, why would I send? And then the bubble is big, big adults that we can yes. take care of ourselves and do all the social distancing. So why would I send my child to school? The thing that I find relevant at this time is that no one is brought up and even the president's allowed school going to take your funding this is where i listen to words because i'm trying to figure out okay when we give those small business loans then why not give the schools a whole bunch of money so that they can create classrooms where you can have the social distancing where the teacher or to put up a screen maybe in front of the teacher why not take all the funding that we're giving all these big businesses to get back up to put it in the school who has our future leaders if you really wanted them to go to school, because are you seriously expecting a little kid to sit there with no breaking up a little bit? The the that they think that they think that um, this will not happen. It will happen, and kids will play with each other. Somebody will forget to wash their hands. So for me, it's like let's. Get Give money to society. Awesome, great. We're doing that. Let's get businesses back up. Awesome, we're doing that. But where's the money to secure the schools if you want them to go back to school? You know, with the social distancing, you know, the teacher has a screen up because the reality of it is, once again, the most deadly thing is the asymptomatic. A kid could take negative for a temperature, but yet still be positive a couple of days later. And that teacher has the biggest risk of all. You know, I can tell you right now, for me, it's way too soon to go back to school because the reality of it is, 
we seeing in California, I'm in California, like you said, they don't close back down the nail shops. They don't close back down all the rest, almost the restaurants. And now we're saying kids got to go back to school. California. I think we need to keep doing testing. We need to stop trying to be in a hurry to get back and just say, hey, you know what? For the on this to get a to get a um a virus or to get a vaccine for this and then as we get closer towards the end of the year going into 21 let's put everything on the table and then proceed um how we should deal with 21 but right now we got to focus with this with this with this lion that won't let go and that's you know COVID 19. so i can tell you right now if i had any kids they wouldn't be going back to school and i know parents some parents i know we have to get back to some normalcy but that's normal. It's normal. There is no normal anymore. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'd be like, get back to normal. What is normal? There is no normal anymore. I just think that we have to be a little more patient, let our scientists and um, help us identify what we can and cannot do. And as you see, like Tara said, nobody knows what this disease really does. Nobody knows really how we're getting this. I've heard people say they've gotten it in their eyes, had the nose closed. I, I just think they're to know. And, and no, we won't have all the answers, but we can be a little more patient and trying to move forward because I think we done lost uh, enough lives already. So that's kind of how I feel right there. Yeah, absolutely. And we got some people out there, you know, make sure you shoot us some questions. You know, a couple of WNBA players out there. I want to say shout out to Adrian Williams Strong out there checking us out. Love you, girl. Used to love those brawls that she used to have with Lisa Leslie underneath the glass. I used to laugh at them. They used to go at it. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You know I'm a toy. <laughs> You know, I got to bring junk onto the scene. Huh? <laughs> what? And then uh, and then another question too, Goody, I would ask. Now think about it. If all the universities are still trying to figure it out. Now, this is what I'm saying. These are big people, you know, adults. If all the universities are trying to figure it out, what makes you think a six-year-old can go back to school and <laughs> a 10-year-old can go back to school? <laughs> You know, the ones that are going to, they're going to blow, the ones that blow their nose on their arm, not those, <laughs> you're not talking about those, right? Right, you're not talking about those kids. You're not talking about the ones that pick their nose, right? No, you're, you're right. not talking about right? You're not talking about the ones that, you know, they touch each other and play tag and all that stuff, right? You know, uh, the, not the ones that shoot spitballs at each other. You know, that's We're not sending them back to school, that's right? Like I have Exactly. That's how I have to tell my niece. I was playing with her on the couch the other day and I said something funny and I was laughing and she didn't want me to laugh. And she <laughs> went to put her hand over my mouth and I grabbed her hand and I told her, hey, no, we can't, you can't put your hand in my face because, you know, I explained to her that that's how, you know, COVID is transmitted by, by touching your mouth, putting your hand. But, but okay. she didn't, and it was an honest reaction because she didn't want me to laugh at her. So she right. took her hand and went to put it over my mouth and I just happened to grab her hand and I wanted to reiterate to her, this is why we right. wash our hands constantly. And I was reiterating also to her, don't put your hand in your face so much. Don't yeah. wipe your eyes unless you don't wash your hands. And you are we seriously expecting like you? 
eight year old to follow the rules. You know, he said he gets to remember all this. Nine. You know, it's it just a heck of a responsibility to put on kids anyway. I just think it's a big responsibility that is not theirs to wear. We are the adults, so now we're going to expect them to not do things that traditionally they do in developmental stages at their age. Like, look at that pressure for them by itself. You know, I wanted to say something that um, I think people should take a look at, and that's, you know, we have a lot of our elders, right, who definitely need to be protected. But we have a lot of our elders who are lonely, bored, and sad, right? And normally when life is going on, we, we love our elders, but we forget about them a lot, right? Because we got jobs and we, got, and we get over there once in a while to see them. And they always say, can you come see me? Why y'all never call me as much? Look it, this is a time to pull the elders into your home, okay? And you, you, all, you live in their quarantine and very, very you know, safe, but the elders can also now start interacting because we lost that generation without with these new you know the new kids the millennials this is the time to revert back to that cultural you know everyone pulls together and it takes a village if you have an aunt or you have a dad or you have a mom who's who normally lives alone and they're lonely and bored pull them into your home give them a room but they can also help you out with the kids because they would love to help if i'm talking about there's no like illnesses they would love to put their little input in that they've been trying to put in anyway but we're too busy to take their knowledge that is amazing knowledge, you know what I mean? And I just think it's a time to do that. Like if you have a family member, get tested, you guys. They're testing all over the place now. Get tested and know that you don't have it. Find other people that have been tested that you know don't have it and you guys share. Move people in, move cousins in that are unemployed, you know, and they haven't had jobs in years and they just wanna do something and you know that they're free of COVID, move them in and they, and they can take care of your kids while you're working from home. I mean, there's, there's resolutions within ourselves. There really are, but return to the, old, to the older generation because that's been on my heart, even with my dad, you know, he's lonely there and we're all the way over here and he's all, all the way in New Jersey, but it's like he, could, he would love to, I can't get there now, but he would love to like cook for Corey and, you know, do puzzles with, like he would love that. Right. So here's like a wasted opportunity for us to connect our little ones with with our elders. It's a time to do that. And this is an opportunity. There's always something good out of this. That's what I want to say. We can always pull something out of this. We have to because it keeps us going as this progresses. We're going to have to hold on to the little, you know, the little gems along the way, because if we don't, then the whole thing is going to become overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. With I see, you. This is... uh, let me let me let me say what Adrian said. Uh, he said, as an introvert, I'm sick of my kids being here every day, all day. And, <laughs> and I'm going to stay at home, mom. But they're still not going to school. No. And then she said, you know, I teach at Grand Canyon University. She's actually out in Arizona and we're starting online. So, you know, if and what's up, my Scotty Scott, my Bowie book, what it do, Sammy Sosa? <laughs> I should have bought her on here. Yeah, Scotty coming on here. Houston comments. <laughs> we gonna keep on going to war. <laughs> I need company over here. 
But anyway, you know, she said that she's not sending her kids back to school and she's tired of them every day, all day, but she ain't sending them back. She's not going to risk her kid's life, you know, sending them back to school and rightfully so. But there are those parents and it's baffling me, you know, um, how you can even fathom that. And, and, And here I am, I'm a teacher too. And I sit, I teach and coach and I got these emails coming in like, oh, how are we, what are we going to do for practice? <laughs> what? Are you okay? <laughs> virtual. Anything virtual. <laughs> Yo, his skills is up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can do whatever. Behind that sound effects and everything. I got you. Blue jeans, here we come. You know, basketball practice right now, jump rope, we can get it in. But don't ask me to come out there and I got parents that are 70 and 75 that, that I'm here with. You've lost your mind. Right. You know? And then with school. Here we go, New York Public Schools. I'm going to put y'all on blast. Stop sending me emails about coming back to school. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm getting ready to call the superintendent of school. We'll wait until mid-August, and I'm calling them. Say, listen, I need to go in the pool that's teaching online. They have to do this. The teachers that want to go back to school, hey, holla at your girl. Boom, I'm gonna give you a fist bump all the world. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna pray for you, put a hedge of protection around you, but I'm not going back in there. I'm in the pool that's behind it. Google Classroom. How you doing? My kids. Public speaking, we could do that. Here I am right now, publicly speaking to my girls. Right. Right. I use all kinds of tools. I use Insta Live. I got Jeff. He has a guest every week. That's public speaking. They do they do their homework based on Miss America, Tommy Davidson. They watched me. They watched a couple of other people heavy hitters from the NFL. It could be done. It can be. It could be done. People are making it crazy, you know, but forget that coach stuff. Forget that, you know, come when, when are we, when are we, what? Okay. Blue jeans. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm homeschooling him until he goes to high school. Over. <laughs> It is what it is. I mean, you get to, you have the option, you have the option of going to school online when you go to college. Yeah. It is what it is. We've been migrating to that anyway. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, most of these college campuses have now become museums. That's true. But I have a question for the group. I just want to hear everybody answer on this. So make no mistake, world, I would not be sending my child to school. But I do have a question that I'm sure a lot of people are throwing it around. And the question is this right here. If the kids stay at home and study, how do we make it fair for everybody? Talking about our underprivileged kids that may not have Wi-Fi and may not have access to a computer. Boom. What's, this is the solution we need to find out here. And this is why I say, 
economically, we tried to take care of everybody and forgot about this population when it comes to the education system. Anybody want to tackle that? What's the first thing we can do or anybody have any idea of the solutions that we can do? Because let's just face it, this population probably don't have lunch anymore. Uh, don't have Wi-Fi. Don't have um, computers. And mom yep. and dad may not even have a job. So how I want to somebody even on Facebook, give mm -hmm. us some ideas on how we can solve that problem because that's what we need to be focusing on. How do we exactly. continue to ed educate these? These people want to be educated too. How, what, what are some resources should we use? I mean, anybody got any ideas? Because we need, this is something we have to tackle. This is something we have to tackle. Absolutely. And the thing about it too, I, I, I'll go ahead first, is, you know, you got a man named Bill Gates. Where you at? We need to tap into all of these computer companies out there, you know, you guys have made billions of dollars off of the consumer in the United States and anybody that wants to get a computer from the United States across the globe. So it's time for those types of people to step up, okay? Adopt a school. Adopt a school, get these computers in there, okay? We've wasted so much time as a school system trying to figure out how to get the kids back in school that nobody has thought about, okay, what about some computers? And I'm not talking about these outdated computers. Let's get them laptops that they can really use where they can learn. You know, there's so many resources that we can tap into. There's so many, there's Dell, there's IBM, there's who else, you guys, off the top of your head. How many Apple? Mm-hmm. Who else? You know, you, you know, you, you know past, there's you know, also people um, who don't use computers. Yeah. I was thinking about that there's don't people who can rehome their computer that they don't use. Okay, we could start there because that's not even money. That's just you giving, being kind and doing Absolutely. a kind. You can give that away. And there are techies at home that need money. So they can be hired. I mean, there should be some money put in the stimulus to hire techies at home to rebuild computers too. Computers that may have one little thing or two little things wrong with them that they can just get up and running very quickly and give it to the children. I, Penny, I'm so happy you brought this up because I, I spoke, Adrian, I spoke to you about this the other day about the poverty. Something that came across that we're not thinking about, but I was thinking about it. That's why I started researching some stuff on it. These kids in the poverty um, demographics, they're not just their lunch, their breakfast, their breakfast and their lunch is in school, is dependent upon school. And dinner is when they get home. And that's if they can even get it when yep. they get home. So now we're having kids, and this is another article that I read that are now going to the doctors and the doctors now are noticing that, they, that they're malnourished since the beginning of COVID. Now, no one has been talking about this. This should be as equally as death, in my opinion, because it could lead to that. But you know what? I say to myself, there's so many government programs already set in place, right? So we have EBT and we have WIC for the younger children. Yeah. Why not those programs get more monies put into them so that they can you know, while at least while we're going through COVID, extend the amounts that families get for food, 
And then Wick can definitely give the milk, the formula, the cereal and everything for children that are five and under. Those two programs are already in place and they're already getting grant funding. So you can do that. You can already just put more money into it or just extend your program or lift, raise up the amounts that they get. That's easy. That's something that's easy. And the computers, like I said, you have a computer laying around, give it away to someone that you know doesn't have a computer. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, we don't give them something broke, but I mean, something that you just don't use. A lot of people don't like desktops. I do. I'm old school. I have my little desktop and I carry it around like it's a laptop. I don't care. But I'm saying a lot of people have those laying around. Give those. Give those to the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And me, <laughs> I want you to do me a favor and um, go on our Facebook Live um, and look at some of the questions because Franthea, Franthea Price is on fire right now with some of the things that she's saying. I'm trying to keep up with a couple of those things. But while I got you, uh, Tara, uh, Adrian Strong, uh, she says there's also a concern about mental and physical abuse, whereas they have a reprieve when they go to school. Now they are stuck at home all day. Yeah, this is something else that's been increasing just because we get alerts in my world um, since I'm you know, contracted with the state. And so the, the um, child protective services all over the nation are being called way more than usual. And that's because these parents don't have the tools um, to be at home with the children all day on. They don't have the tools to begin with. That's why the children are abused. There's domestic violence cases going on. There are children, a 13 year old boy just committed suicide um, through, because of COVID, because he couldn't go you know, to school to be with his friends. And then there's ch more children being abused. And, you know, it's just, like I said, we talk about this every week about the mental aspect to everything. There's things that could be done with that too. We are doing them with my company. You know, we are seeing clients that are referred through the state and uh, we're, doing we're doing telehealth sessions and we're coaching the parents. We're getting them through this time. And these are children that have, I don't like to use the word special needs, but for the sake of the conversation, because y'all know I use the word beautifully diverse. And so I don't like to use special needs, but these, these parents have a double, because imagine having a child with an extreme delay, you know, and you, and you just don't know how to deal with that. You don't know how to process that. So telehealth sessions and, you know, the government stepping in and just putting just revising the programs. You already have the programs in place. So you can't say that the allocation of funds doesn't match because it, it already matches. You just need to put more in there. Do you know what I'm saying? And revise it so that you know, this can um, can be addressed because this is serious. It really, really is serious. Definitely. And there needs to be coaches for parents. There needs to be online coaches for parents, because we have developmental specialists such as myself, behavioral specialists, PT, OT, and, um, and you know, medical professionals. But we're coaching these parents. What about, we're working on it. Um, that's all I'm going to say is we're working on it. But there needs to be parent coaches through this COVID, because even if your child is at home with you, you still have to work. Like right now, because I like to be in the moment, my dog, 
that I'm babysitting is arguing with me, right? And I'm sitting here <laughs> on the show, and he just keeps talking. And I, I gave him the little snap four times. That didn't work. <laughs> what if he was a kid and I'm talking with a client? <laughs> You know what? I thought he was in agreement with you. I that's what I took I took it as. I thought he was in agreement with you. He's um, over here like and he's still trying to it as he said he's not going to school. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Don't try to send me to obedient school. Right. So, and anyway, he likes to, you know, he likes uh the kids being home anyway all day with him. Right. You know? Don't send my friends life back. Is great. You know, a dog's <laughs> life is great right now. So, you know, yeah. uh, I have uh, Franthea Price on there. She said uh, teachers also have been sending paper homework home to parents who do not have computers. So that was a solution that they were kind of doing, um, you know, and that's tough. You know, yeah. that's tough. In, in, in this day and age, that's tough, the paper. Uh, Scotty, um, she came on, I think, a little, uh, probably a little later, because we had already addressed this. Uh, she said we don't need to drop our kids off at neighborhood at, at a neighborhood house and go to work, because everyone in the community is probably doing the same thing, and there's still no social distancing or face mask wearing at, um, you know, at a, in an even smaller place. And so we had talked about that, Scotty. We we had kind of covered it where we were talking about, you know, um, using the elderly uh, yeah. family members. Uh, making sure that everyone is COVID tested you know, prior to that. Of course, those kids have to go home. Um, and and, and you, you do run a, a small degree of risk because those people have to go into another environment and you don't know their practices. But, you know, like at, at the minimum, you know, it's better than, you know, uh, parents sending their kids back to school um, and you know just the, where the risk is greater you guys agree with me anybody want to take on that well the thing that i want to talk about with that is and you know this may hit some people the wrong way but let's start with i know i've been tested has everybody been tested yeah because even talking to some friends of mine one time and you know i had some people say Oh, I don't want to go get tested because I'm gonna get sick. I was, I was kind of like, what? You know, I wanted to get tested because I want to know. You okay? I want to, I want to know. I'm one of those people that I prefer to know. You know, and yeah, then I, I just think, I just think that that COVID nineteen. Um, we want to be able to compete with other countries like Japan and Europe for education. Now, I say when you're in kindergarten, kids should start playing on the computers. They play on our phones already, so they're already used to the technology. To be honest with you, if I can't do something, I can call my six-year-old niece in here. She probably knows how to do it, you know, <laughs> that in schools, starting as early as kindergarten, I believe with us not having health insurance for everybody having wi-fi should be an essential part of everybody home because that's one way we could have combated this and it doesn't
essential and everybody home. There is a form or a way to communicate. Now, all our kids that are growing up after this point, if you have a computer, when something like this hit again, it will not affect us this way. And this is why I say we have to grow, we have to learn, and that's what adversity creates. Adversity forces you to stretch. And COVID-19 is forcing the world to stretch and to become better, think of better ways of doing things. And now if all our kids are growing up on the computer, when this happened, they know to go in that virtual world. They're not afraid that they've never touched a computer for before, because if you're not confident and you haven't been exposed to it, you're gonna be afraid of it, you know? So if you're exposed to it early and it's constantly reinforced, that this would just be a kick in the bucket. And I'm saying, no, can we do that now? No, but when we come out of this, we can do that. You know, direct TV spectrum, those are the cable coming out here. Everybody house should have Wi-Fi because you're still gonna make your money from all the cable people. And this is the way the world's going with social media, online, everything there. We have to advance with that. And some things we have to prepare as a society and say, this is this is what every home should have, you know? And it's one of those things now. It's one yeah. of those things. And this is when I say, come back to the money issue where you have a president and I'm not one to try to bash anybody so much that's saying, oh, I'm gonna take your funding. No, more funding should be given. Exactly. More funding should have been, more funding should have been given to, I'm looking on the news on CNN and I'm looking at a school in Japan that when the kid walks in, they go through this machine first, then they walk up to, it's an electronic screen where they stick their head in and it tells them if they have a fever or not. They're back in school. They're being revolutionized. They're being, they're using modern technology to solve the problem. And we're still over here competing with, oh, go back to school, not go back to school. Okay, we all know what the problem is, but the, my thing is, okay, anybody got any answers or solutions? And this is where that upper leadership need to be focusing now on what is the solution? We all know what the problem is, but what is the solution? And Japan, yeah, I'm gonna give it to them. They got it right right now. Look at their schools, they're back in, going through the two systems. I mean, they're teaching. You know, their kids have computers, you know. I'm not saying their country is better now. There's no way I think America's great, but we have to go back and establish what is the baseline for the basic necessity that every family is entitled to, minus economics. Minus economics. We have to get to that. Absolutely. And you know, I yes. had to, had to, had to, the pleasure and you know just the blessing of being able to play in china and so i can honestly say from being there that they are definitely more forward thinking they are definitely more yes. than we are and so you know i'm not you know even embarrassed to say it like there was i bought i bought two to three different phones Bought them back because I was geeked because it was the video phone and the, the phone with the video in it like we just normally use right now. It was out three years before it even came here to the United States. And so they're, they're just, it, it's just the way that they are. And so instead of just antagonizing those people, we should kind of be looking at how they do things. There's right? so much ahead of us. And, you know, I'm kind of proud of. Arizona because Adrian keeps coming on and out in Phoenix, Cox is giving free Wi-Fi and the yep. districts are loaning. Awesome. 
I mean, like, learning, you may as well just let them have it so they can go to each grade. Like, what are you going to, they got to give it back after this year is over? Just give it to them. You know, um, loaning laptops and you can pick up lunch all year long, even in the summer. They had that, they definitely had that program. Yeah. Um, they were just so slow up here in New Jersey to do anything. It was like, almost like, it was so sad, you know, because they, they you know, when they trying to do anything else, they can come up with the money, but, you know, um, I'm trying to read some of these other things that are on here. Um, I think when you look at, you know, I think that a lot of the issue that we're having is is like every municipality and every state has been left to do everything on their own. So you, have, you have really, yeah, you have really no uniformity throughout. So you have some districts and some some school systems that are are doing the best they can and and kind of getting it right, like the free lunch programs year round and you know, the computers that are loaned to the kids so that they can continue their schoolwork. If they don't have uh, a computer at home or if they don't have Wi-Fi connections, they're given a hotspot so that they can get their, you know, you have those schools and those districts that are doing that and that are making sure things are right. And then you have districts that are not because everybody's kind of trying to figure yeah. this thing out on the fly and there's no uniformity. Um, right. So, you know, and economics, that, too, because there's yeah. a huge difference between Newark and Linden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's and, the issue. That's, and that's the, issue. Know, the poverty issues and, you know, you have those areas where COVID is high. And that's my biggest concern with going back over to the school. Like COVID was high over there. I'm not trying to be in that type of environment. And I don't want to have the responsibility of taking some kids temperature. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be exposed yeah. like that. You've lost your mind. So go ahead and put me in the <laughs> online pool, please. Cause I'm good. I'm good for that. And you know, people, people are on here really putting up some good stuff. You know, they're saying everything is smart, 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 smartphones, smart appliance. Damn it. They gotta be a smart robot out there. that's going to teach your kids, you know, Apple, Apple has a, a <laughs> They sweeping rugs and carpets and all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line, somebody out there that teach, be able to teach a kid how to navigate through the computer and how to be on Google Classroom. You know, we in the age of the Jetsons, y'all. Y'all better bring the Jetsons back. <laughs> so we are in the times that we watch TV. Meet George Jetson. <laughs> Daughter Judy. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. All right, Francia says, my son is six and at his school they have computers and he goes to class that teaches him how to navigate through a computer. Yeah. How simple is that? It's how very. That's how you keep up and that's how you keep up and that's how you keep up with other countries. That's how, you know, you develop future leaders, you know, that's how you develop forward thinking. You know, and, and the good thing about it is then maybe the schools can't complain when saying they don't have enough money for books because the books. You're not worried about it. They're digital. You, know, I mean, you can you can really alleviate a lot of things when when you when you when you when you put it in um, technology. You know, and this is where I think we have to redefine you know, who we are, you know, and, and, and where we're trying to go without, without kids. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then in tunes on here. Trina Trina Smith said, What's up? Uh uh they haven't even ran some test dummies. So the first day of school opens up and kids are to wear masks for eight hours. What about the kids that ride the bus? No recess. How do you keep them from touching each other? That's a great question. So now they they hitting each other with spitballs. I got you anyway. Like, like this is, this is crazy. Like, and, and that's true. Like, but how do you get a test dummy? Like, a test dummy? Like, you know, boo, boo, boo. I got the COVID. I got the COVID. Like, what what does the test dummy do? <laughs> Are you crazy? This you is know, why I we know need... they were talking one time. No, they were speaking one time. I know what they were trying to do at high school. One of the things that was thrown on the table. But with the elementary kids, there's no way you can... It's nowhere around that they're bananas. They can't go back to school. But with with high school, they were trying to come up. I I, I was thinking about they had. I thought it was a clever idea. Then I was like, hmm, I wonder could that work? And one of the things they said was, as opposed to kids exchanging class, the teacher just exchanges class in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, where all the kids are not. They don't leave the room once they tested. They're in there. But the teacher changes the class, which, you know, puts less traffic out. Well, but you still got to have lunch, you know. And I, and I guess you can I guess you can uh, do that on different shifts. I just don't think when it comes to little kids, there's no way mm-hmm. like Tara to have that expectation that they can follow every rule and regulation. Yeah. It just won't happen. Yeah, those babies, to get them to wear masks for eight, for eight hours, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, the mask it starts off like this, you guys. <laughs> That's how they look the first hour. <laughs> Second hour. Right. <laughs> and then it's going to be on top of it. Okay. Third hour. <laughs> you crazy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you know how you this we do. It's gonna be like this. <laughs> it is, and then they're gonna share them, they're or, share or not them. at all. You know, right. or not at all, because I know in my bag when I have my niece, and I can tell you this now, I always keep a mask in the car because sometimes I may run out of the house and jump in the car. But since I've had my niece, I also noticed that guess what? I have to put two masks in my bag. Because I already know she's six. She hopped out the car the other day and I go, where your mask at? I, I said that to her. She goes, I don't know. But I know I have one in my bag, but I kind of try to where you can't get out this mask, where your mask, where your mask. But she constantly hops out the car without the mask. This is a perfect example. And you're asking them to do something in school where like, now yeah, I have to make sure I have two masks in there, you know, because one for me. And one for her because she's six. She's not going to remember. The only thing she wants to know is we're going skating. We're going out for some breath of air or I want to go to McDonald's or whatever we're doing, you know? And so I have to have, I have to have that extra mask all the time. Yeah, this is, it's going to get sticky icky. I got a childhood friend of mine on here, Shari McGill. She was, she had them feet, y'all. She, she was, she was bad in soccer. She had them feet. And, uh, (laughs) 
I went to high school with her, Bayonne High School, and she said, uh, Buster's saying air conditioning is not good for the classroom because it keeps the germs in it and it circulates. So what you do um, is keep the classroom is like 90 degrees. You know what I'm saying? And then you can open a window, but it's just like, it's too much. No, like, legally. You turn on it. Okay, so you turn on the air conditioner and keep the window open. That's what we do. No, you can't even do that anyway. Legally, the temperature is, is part of the school's rules and regulations, and it cannot be 90 degrees. Even when it's 90 degrees outside on the playground, really? a lot of schools have protocol to bring them back inside when it reaches 90 degrees. So that would be a challenge just from a law that's in place for children under child protective law. So, but I will say this filtering systems in the school, I don't know how often they change them, but I change them in my house. I'm OCD with my filtering systems. <laughs> They're $10. They're cheap. Keep changing them, y'all. I'm serious. Keep that air clean, 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 clean. That's and a great point, Tara. That's a great point. Yeah, because that, that's what I do in my home, period, you know. Um, and also to the water, you know, just getting the, the REO systems. The REO systems that the, the schools have for the because the water too. Now you're gonna have people drinking water from the fountains. You got to think about all of these things. Water. Nah, they got they close in high school. They closed down. They they shut the water. Like you couldn't use the fountains no, no more. Anything that you would you know what you were doing that had you know that was common common ground. They wasn't you know what I'm saying. And even to the bathroom, you had to be let in. So it wasn't like you could go in there and hang out anymore. So they started shutting those th those types of things down, you know. Scotty over here talking about slingshot hour. I could just imagine. It's just going to be like a like a school will be a scene at an animal house. At an animal no house. Things were shut down temporarily because, once again, under the child protective law, you have to have water for them. You have to. It's a state law in every state. It's mandated. So they cut them. Okay. They shut it. Yeah, but it was temporary. Can we be long term without water for kids? Because now you're violating the child. So you can have bottled water. You can, you can recommend it. You can have bottled water. water yeah, you could. They were recommended to. They, they told them the that was sent yeah. home. But what? Is, so you know, that would not. I can't that's going to take all day. Like, you see what I'm saying? How many things that need to be set in place when they wash their hands? That's going to take all day when all of the kids are back in there every day to only have a few students wash their hands. It's going to be yeah. time consuming. You know what I mean? It's going to take away from the time. Yeah, it's a lot. To, that's why we're not ready, y'all. We're not ready to go back to school. <laughs> so check this out. What about the kids who have issues? What about kids that got compromised issues? Okay, the kids that uh, bust a beautiful issues. challenge, kids. You know, what Tara always that. say. Thank you for the child. That child. Thank you. Diverse. Thank okay? you. That's <laughs> it. Okay, and this kid has asthma and can't wear a mask all day. That's a good point, Sherry. I appreciate you sitting there. Okay, yes. and can't wear a mask all day. So they have to take it off for a little while. Now you have to go and you have to make new accommodations. Now, just the kid already has accommodations. Mm -hmm. Now we gotta add more accommodations to all of these kids where 
they gotta have a extra resource, extra resource time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not resource, but recess. You know, they're gonna have to slot time where those kids can go outside and get some air, come rain, come shine, because they're not gonna be able to have that mask on because they're gonna have an asthma attack. Oh no, they can't leave the room. Okay, so they're gonna sit in the corner and have oxygen. That's another accommodation. And that's the underlying condition. They're all beautifully diverse. Children have underlying conditions. So I wouldn't even dare, okay? And they're protected by the disability. This is, this is why I get five clients like every hour because the state is getting so many referrals of children with underlying condition, our beautifully diverse population that are at home and their parents need help. They need coaches, they need guidance, they need everything. These children should not even be part of a thought process to put them back into school because they're gonna be at risk coming in the door. Do you know what I'm saying? Never mind him not being able to keep the mask on, but once he takes the mask off, he's at risk for like Penny was saying, you know, the person who doesn't show the symptoms that's just playing around could be the same person to, you know, to transfer COVID to someone that will die like that from it in a matter of days because their lungs already have issues. So in my opinion, I wouldn't even, they wouldn't be in the equation. They would be at home right the way that they are right now because that's what we're doing now we do telehealth sessions to help these parents along they can't go into school like this i mean i don't want any child to go into but the ones with the underlying conditions you're just asking for fatalities seriously it's just it scares me just because it, of the way that this that this virus affects children and that, that you just don't see it. You, you you know, you think it's just a common cold because they only get a cough or they get a sniffle and whatever. And then after a couple of days, it goes away. But for the most part, but yeah. the damage that it does to that household is incredible right. because that kid comes home and can wipe out the whole family. Yes. In New Jersey, and Tamika can vouch for this, was a family that the whole damn family got wiped out. I think maybe only two people survived. Wiped out the whole family. COVID went in the house. Don't matter how yeah. it went in the house, it got in the house. It don't yeah. matter how the flea get in the house. Once that flea gets in the house and multiplies, that's it, it's a wrap. You know, yeah. so I just, that's what scares me. And I hear people, oh, I, I, I'm gonna send my kid back to school why <laughs> if you got grandma grandpa or you got an auntie or uncle you get them tested and you bring let them be in the household live in the household for the school year yes. or whatever. You know what i'm saying yeah wait first 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 of all goody you got to make sure grandma on board because if we talking about my grandma mother, gotta be on board of she, course we talking she, like she she listen she won't even let me get six feet within six feet of her. She like, she like, she asked me to go to Costco for her the other day to pick up some paper towels and stuff because she couldn't find it in the stores. But I had to drop it on her porch. She was not playing. She is not okay. Playing yeah. There's some people that really are not playing with this, and rightfully so. I give it up to them. Right. No. I agree. So grandma got to be on board, but most yes. grandmothers would. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, it'd be yeah, somebody. But, but, the, but the problem too is, but the problem too is this though. Grandma can't teach what they're teaching in school. 
You know what I'm saying? They could be there for Absolutely. support. They could be there yeah. for that because the problem that most of the parents got, but they can't even teach it with all the different mathematics and all this stuff that's going on. And that's why I say, you know, we just have to reinvent ourselves into a better yeah. version of ourselves when it comes to our school. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I even know parents, I got a lot of friends that have kids and they like, well, I'm looking at this bad problem. And <laughs> I know people's three and six, but the way the teacher yeah. want her to break it down, I keep going, look, she want her to break this down like three, four, three, six, you know? And even I looked at it and went, why would I teach somebody like that? But, but, but the point was, it's like, it, it we these computers have got to start early. That's yeah. my answer. It has to start early. Uh, the book, everything now has to go to electronics that people are comfortable with it, you know, and, and, and it's just showing us because the one good thing about COVID that I do like, and not to bring in another topic, because I know we've been on for a while, is that it, it, it has forced everyone to go back into those family dynamics and build that family structure stronger. That's the one thing I loved about Europe when I played in Europe for 10 years. They run to the mall. They they go home to their family. So guess what? Now that we're in COVID, it's not a shock for me to see my brother or my sister or my mother in the house because I'm used to not seeing them. You know, this is still a, a, a part of society and especially in America that's been lost, that family dynamic and that family structure. I don't yeah. believe the school takes five days. I say we need to go to four days for work, four days for school. And the reason yeah. I say that because the family needs to have a whole day that something yeah. I want to do with my child and I just don't have the weekend. You know how quickly two days go like that? Right. You know, where even the parents have a day to rest, you know, and this is why I say we need to revisit all these things. Bring that up because no, I, I want, I'm going to be okay. Like I can, and anybody knows me, Meek knows me the best on here. I can be around a lot of kids and I don't even have them. I don't have any kids, but I love kids and I can be around them. And if I had to teach them, I'd figure out a way to teach them, you know, right. but the point is, you know, it shouldn't be a stranger that I have to be with my family for a week or two weeks, you know, yeah. you know Absolutely. I'm going to entertain you. I think a lot of people, I've watched CNN, a lady who had a beautiful, diverse kid, and she said, well, I can't do it because I just can't do it been invested in that that you can do something you know yeah. like don't just i'm not going to just hand my kid over to somebody diverse or not right. i'm still going to stay engaged and i know a lot of people going to tell me that you just said and done or whatever but what is will this way yes yeah and i turned out great no i'm just saying right, right. you know it starts yeah. in the home a lot of it's, resources we didn't have, but I, I, I became very successful. Right. Yo, Ruff, Ruff said, Ruff said, Penny killing my business with this four day work week. <laughs> I'm barely working three days and killing me, Penny. <laughs> yo, well, yo. the answer to your question is this. The answer to his question, he ain't going to need that. He ain't not going to need that fifth day because people are going to catch on quicker because they rest it. They're sharper. Their brain is there. They're there total. They're, they're not thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. They're going to be looking forward to doing it. They're going to embrace it. There's so many positives. You know, everybody needs a moment to catch their breath. Oh, yes. 
And we all know that. And sometimes if, 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 if we don't, if it's not mandatory, we're not going to take that moment to catch our breath. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's just one last thing, because we are winding down. We're on the 330 mark and we're going up to 345. I always keep extending because we just keep going and going. And going. <laughs> the effect that we have and then more people are pick coming on and asking more questions that, you know, I, I love it. What happens to the teacher that caught COVID? So now the children have to be tested and have to stay home for two weeks at least, Gamma. Well, that's, that's the thing. You started the conversation for the people who weren't watching. Did the teacher sign what you call the death warrant? Yep. And I would say absolutely not. And this is why I said, it's like, cause ask yourself, is one teacher and how many kids in a public school, what is it, 25, maybe 30? Could be as high as 25, Could 30 in the class. Awesome. Like I said, I don't have any kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why am I asking what, the teacher is at risk and she has a high opportunity to get it because there's so many kids in the class. So I can honestly tell you right now, it's not fair to ask a teacher to uh, um, to sign this paper or they'll be fired. You know, there should be a law against that. I'm hoping it's one against that yeah. because everybody got a right to, to, to live. And this is why I say we, the world is going to show you, forget what I'm saying. Let's just look at what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And we open up too soon. The virus is going to spread it like a wildflower. And now they're trying to go back and shut down things and put us back in the house and close up everything. So school would be the last thing that I would be trying to say. And like I say, to take this year, what are we in, July, almost August, so we got, what, six months left? That in six months, we need to be focusing on getting a vaccine. We need right. to come up with other solutions that are not taking school money not threatening people with their job is not the time for that. It's just not the time for it. And if a teacher doesn't want to go back, then, then hey, I, I can tell you right now, if I was a teacher, I'd be like, kick rocks. We're not going back. Uh, okay. It's there not working go. because I love Pretty living. Much. I'm not going back. Absolutely. And so now just... when you fire me and you're going to get another teacher in there, how are you going to get her acclimated to what's already happening? Exactly. No, we, exactly. Need to be, we need to be realistic about where we're going. You know, and, and it's not about you do this or this will happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, that kind of goes on to what Fran Theo was saying. He's on here. She says, am I going to need a substitute teacher already? Because my son is a mess for homeschooling. That's what we need to be focusing on. We right. need to be focusing on teaching these kids how to navigate through Google Classroom or whatever platform platforms, because that's what I use. And it works It works well for me. It really does. Other schools might have different systems in which they're using, but I can tell you this, for me, it works great. But does every kid know how to navigate through there? It took probably about three to some kids I never saw. And I kid you not, I had a hundred and something students. By the time COVID struck and then we started to, you know, migrate towards, you know, being online, I had 35 students for the rest of the year. What happened to the rest of those kids? They didn't have a computer. They're impoverished. They live in Newark. There's no Wi-Fi. Parents aren't working. 
their circumstances were totally different. I have no idea how Newark is going to start or open school up in September, October. I just, I really don't. Adrian, I wanted to say something about the teachers. Um, in Arizona, they are doing something really cool. Um, and they are having the teachers go to the classroom so that the kids have a normal setting and well, what normal is today, um, opposed to them just teaching them from home so that there are no kids in the school. It's just the teacher in their private classroom and they all have it for the time that they have it, then it's cleaned and the next teacher comes in. It's their real classroom that they would have taught in but with no kids and the kids are, are um, coming in online to their their classroom setting. So they're still seeing the classroom, they're still seeing their friends, but they're away and the teacher is there very protected. So that's one thing that I, I thought was amazing and I feel that all of the states should kind of latch on to that. And another thing I wanna tell parents out there, there's two things. Um, each state, not all of them, but most of them, there's a fund for, um, it's a scholarship fund for parents who technically become the teachers, okay? So these are, these. there's been a family that got like $17,000 for the year. The school pays the parent the money that they would have got from the funding, because you know they get per child, they get funding per child. And it does go on your, you know, your income. And But if you, you know, are the teacher and you designate, I'm going to homeschool, the state of Arizona, there's a couple of states. There's a few states, not a couple. California is another state that does this. I think it's amazing. It's like you get paid to teach your own children, but obviously the funding goes towards curriculum. It goes towards if you have to call in a tutor, you know, internet, all of that, but it does not come out of your pocket. So that's another, you know, right now, if you're in the state of Arizona, you can look into that and state of California, you just go in and say, what states pay parents to homeschool their kids on Google and all of the states will pop up and then their, you know, the application process takes about 40 days for it to go through. But I'm saying this to say you better do it now because a lot of people are going to make that decision to totally really homeschool their child versus the school homeschooling and that funding is going to go away very quickly. And then the last thing I wanted to say is um, I am right now in the process of expanding uh, my company to support parents at home and also to, to do an online. There's an age group that we're forgetting about, and that's the, the two, threes. We have the middle school, we have the high school, but where's their curriculum? I've done my research. There's not an online circle time. So I personally, this is how I want to you know, give back here. I'm going to do four sessions eight, nine, 10, and 11, so that all the states and parents can log in and they will get a real circle time for their two-year-old. It's like two, well, one and a half to about five or even six. And they can come in the classroom with their little friends, okay, so that they socialize. And it is a real curriculum. It is a real circle time animated, the funnest little hour, four days a week. And then there'll be an art day on Thursday that there's, um, an art activity that's shown right there. And it's live, it, it'll be filmed live, but the different times, you know, that if, if eight doesn't work for you, you can click in at nine and still see the live.
my things that I've been sitting here thinking about how could we really, because I'm about like Penny. Uh, we know what the issue is, right? We know what the issue is. What is, I'm about resolution. It's, it's too much of the issue, and that's what causes anxiety. When you keep talking about it, right, if you, your car broke down, oh, my car is broke, oh, my car. Now the next thing is broke on the car. Now the next, and now you enter five days. Well, if you needed to get a battery, go get that battery and come off that money, and then you don't have a complaint, and you're not setting it up for domino effect of negativities to come your way. So those are just some things that I'm personally doing and working on, and the classroom will be up next week, as a matter of fact. So people can, you know, contact and um, go on, I'm gonna have it on my, my social media. So parents, I'm doing those two things personally, I'm saying as part of the resolution. So can people can hit you here cause there's people hitting you here right now. So oh, okay. hit you here, you check in and just see those parents that would love to have their kids in circle time. I, 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 I vouch for you, you know, I seen your work, your <laughs> puppet. Whatever. Awesome <laughs> show, you guys. Leave my little, leave my circle time alone. And you know they got faces and geeky, and I was like, oh, okay. You had me going. And you I was you wanted to going. join my class. You but wanted anyway. to join my class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I wish that they would mandate it. You know, and Marquita Aldridge is out there. Woods, shout out to you. I love the things that you're doing with your real estate show. That's hot. You know, keep doing your thing. But listen, like with her, um, she's doing a fantastic job. Everybody's getting these information, these little information things out there, you know. And I, I want all of us to be a bridge to one another, you know, and just keep on, you know, reinforcing and, and helping one another to do their thing. And I think that this will be something that's awesome for you, Tara. I think that is awesome. You know, we got our little baby at a bunch over here. She has a tendency to get quiet. I got to pull her in. I got to pull her in. I got to pull her back. So um, <laughs> over here, you know, she's got a rental car business over there. I was trying to get a car all week, and then I actually didn't need it. But I appreciate you, you know, being over there in Linden. So if anybody needs a rental car, you know, she's out there, her business you know, definitely could use some help during this COVID time and stuff like that. And Godma's out there in Cali and, you know, she's just an extension of everything. She the Pied Piper over there doing her thing. So, you know. <laughs> that one, Godma, I know it's going to get it. another name, Pied Piper, okay. Everybody following ass out right now. So it's all good. But anyway, some closing thoughts, ladies, because we're getting ready to wrap it up. You know I love you. Anybody? I'll start out. I'll start out. Um, uh oh. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would just say, you know, parents educate yourself. You know, if you feel like this is not a good time, which I'm sure 95 percent of the parents probably think, not sending their kids back. You you do what's right for your kid. Don't let anybody bully you, and then take sending your kids back to school. Do what's right for you, and do what's right for your family and your child. And then let the chips fall where they may. Um, but it, it, it's definitely not a time, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, to send your child back until they have more protocol in place and we know where this thing is going. Period. Absolutely. Come on, Tara, give us some. Bless us. Mika said it. <laughs> I'm serious. 
It's like you wouldn't throw yourself into the fire, so why throw your child into the fire? You know what I'm saying? You don't know what puts this fire out just yet. So stay home, stay safe. And once again, use resources, be creative, and use resources that you already have. Even, even in the, the country, we can use resources that we already have, programs that are already set in place, add more money to them, move some things around. It just takes creativity, prioritizing, you know, your health. Like, like uh, Mika said too, educate yourself. There's a lot, I just gave parents tips about finding, you know, getting the, the funding to be at, you're already at home with your kids, get the money to be at home with your kids. And then the pressure will kind of subside a little bit. You know, we still have some kids making our parents really, really crazy. But um, I'm an advocate for, for kids and parents and people in general. So, you know, reach out. If I can help in any way, I will. And everyone just wear those masks, be safe, and be smart, like the smartphone. <laughs> Definitely. I want people to use this as a place to get in contact with uh, anybody on this panel, you know, Tara for, you know, her circle that she's going to do with the babies and Tamika for Carr and you know, Penny for her thoughts and, and Nickel for your kiss. I think that what was the was the name of the song or something like that. Or dime if you tell me that you love me. That's what it is. Stupid. Okay. Dime if you tell me that you love me. <laughs> you better stop it, and that's the reason why we say that Dime for last, cause she did it bigger. Well, you know, I echo everything that Meek and Tara said. My challenge goes out to the leaders in this country, you know, because I feel that, like what Meek said, not having those uniformity earlier and everybody fending for themselves, it's not a time to fend for ourselves. It's a time to get some level-headed people to come up with some solutions, a collectively logical, well-thought-out solution. I'm challenging our like I say, leaders to put more funding in the schools. The school is needed, you know? I mean, so much more is needed in these schools because we want to stay ahead of the curve. You know, we want to be one of the best, the best thinkers. We want to create great leaders. So everything they said, I wouldn't be sending my kid to school, but if you send her to school, I'm not going to judge you because we all have different circumstances. My challenge is straight to the top because it starts at the top more funding for schools. You're bailing out businesses. You're bailing out a lot of people that need it. You know, we need the money now, but you have to put the money into the schools. It's showing you, stop making our educational system last or next to last. Let's put it back where it belongs, at the front, forefront of our society, if we want to have great future leaders. So that's where my last thought is going. I challenge you to take away or to make sure everybody has Wi-Fi, computers, a lunch. That's my challenge. That's my challenge that I send out. And that's the last thought I would like to end on. That's a great thought to end on, you know, put more money into education, you know. Um, Pay out teachers. Pay them. Thank you. I mean, you know. You know, they were already using their own resources. Like I say, COVID has just put a big spotlight on everything that we've been doing wrong. You know, pay out teachers, you know, they deserve to be paid more. You know, now yes. you want to ask them to sign to go sign a death wish, but then they make a minimum wage. I don't I don't understand that. We have to do better. 
We have to do better. And every parent, and I, like I said, I don't have any kids. And even if I don't have any kids, everybody needs to be on board with we need better for our education system. Bottom line. Absolutely. We'll end with that. And I'll tell you this, you know, rock the vote. People struggle. Women struggle to rock the vote. There were people that hobbled and 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 did all that they could to get to those polls. So let's not be lax about that and let's continue the legacy to get out there and vote and be the change that you want to see in the world. You know, yes. and each one each one and each one of us help each other more than we have been. You know, right now we're being called to do so many things on a spiritual level. People need to wake up. You know, it's time to get back to community. It's time to get back to love. It's time to get back to unity. And, you know, uh, it's us who are having a problem. These kids are resilient. You remember being a kid. We bounced back. So whatever, as long as I was with my mother, I was good. <laughs> I could do anything as long as I was with mommy. And I know a lot of y'all can attest to that. So if I had to move over to Kalamazoo or go out to Cali or Arizona or down to Georgia or move to Jersey City or go to Hoboken, I was with mommy. That's where the foundation starts. So our kids are resilient. You know, we as adults have to come together and show them a better way because they're watching. They're watching. They got that microchip, man. We all have one when we're a kid. So as I say to all of my people, Sammy, so stuff. You know I love you, Penny. Thank you, everyone. Yes, and I will <laughs> see you guys. Penny and Tamika, I have to talk to you. I have to. I'm going to call you. I know you might have to do something, but I really got to talk to you. Okay? Good stuff. All right? Okay, awesome. Love you guys. Love you guys. See you next week. Later. Later.